Are you interested in service design? What is the role of service design in creating the ideal customer experience? Hang in there and that's exactly what we're going to get into in this episode of the Zista Podcast. Welcome to the Zista Podcast, where we invite industry leaders and academicians to answer queries that students have. And I see many queries, you know, uh, out there relating to service design. And what exactly is service design? How do you go about it? How do you create these fantastic customer experiences? And to help me answer that, I've got Professor John Denham from SCAD. He's the Chair for Design Management and Service Design at SCAD. He's completed his BFA and MFA in industrial design, and he's worked with fantastic brands like PNG, Conanagra, a lot of food and pharma companies, consumer product companies. And he really applies his fundamental design skills to identify, create, and plan solutions to business problems. So thank you, John. Thank you for joining me here today. Great to be here. Thanks for the opportunity and the time. Pleasure. Uh, The pleasure is all ours, to be honest. So service design, you know, let's get straight into it. What exactly is service design? You know, I, uh, when people ask me this, and I get this question a lot, um, my th- the first thought that goes into my mind is it's like diamond in the rough. You don't know it's there, but when you find it, you'd like, why didn't I know about this a long time ago? And so I... I started working more closely with service design when I came to SCAD. And um, as, as I've learned more and practiced more, I look back and I think, I wished I'd had this when I was at PNG and Kraft and uh, ConAgra. And the reason I wished um, I had it, and I'm going to give you uh, an official definition, and I'm going to give you one that's a little bit more personal, if you like. Sure. Um, the official definition is it's about making services better by the activity of planning and arranging people, infrastructure, communication, resources, materials uh, of a sort of a service in order to improve the impact and quality of a brand, um, not only between the service provider, but the customer and the users themselves. That's a little bit of a long-winded version. Indeed. But it's it's technically exactly what it does. Um, I, the the simpler version is really about um, it's about human centered design methods that serve the planet and systems thinking, and that's really critical. So um, that gives you a little bit of perspective on the background of what it is. Um, and to me, like I said, it's a little bit of a diamond in the rough. Fantastic. So. Um... You know, I think service design is something that's going to, is, is an important role. I think it's going to get increasingly important because uh, we see, we use services, we consume them, we see them all around us. So if I'm a student, you know, uh, how do I get into service design? Um, well, the the process is relatively easy. Send me a portfolio, apply, and <laughs> then, we get, then we look at the portfolio and go forward. Um, but I think more, slightly more seriously, um, the process of getting into service design, um, whether you look at it from SCAD's point of view or others, is you can enter as an undergrad or a graduate. And um, one of the things that I think is really compelling to me 
is if you go for a one-year graduate degree, you can do that within the context of being a full-time professional and you can add a new skill to your um, portfolio, which is uh, increasingly going to become more relevant because you need to be agile. Um, not only now, but more so in the future because your career will evolve. The, uh, if you go for either the undergrad or the MFA, then you have a little bit more time. Um, you have more opportunity to influence um, organizations, processes, um, from a private all the way to a federal um, purview on how service is delivered. And the important, we're going to talk a lot about service as we go through this, or use the word service a lot, um, because I would say 90 plus percent of brands these days are going to have some element of service about them, not only in terms of how they communicate, but when you engage all the way through to hopefully you become an advocate of a brand and a cheerleader for a brand, but how do you keep that process going and maximize that opportunity throughout? And that's a phenomenal, I would say, opportunity to influence the future of brands, organizations, and capabilities, because you are looking at an end-to-end -end process. And if you can identify not only uh, consumer better ways of doing things, but also something that... Um, in my experience, designers will think about, but it won't be the priority, is how does a corporation or an organization deliver that? So you're looking at both ends of the spectrum. Not only what are you providing to uh, your existing or a future potential consumer, but your other consumer, um, and sometimes they're called customers, are within the four walls of your company because you're impacting not only how they deliver that, but how do they deliver it in an effective way. And so service design has um, a big uh, strategic potential and executional potential in terms of delivering services uh, from the start of a brand all the way through to the end. Wow, that's that's a lot of... Uh meaty stuff that you just put out there, John. Uh, so it, it's dealing with strategy, execution, uh, focusing on effectiveness, and really impacting how an organization is going about its its processes, making life easier for people, your internal customers, so that they can better serve your your uh, true customers out there. And I think its application and potential is 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 really relevant in the time that we live nowadays. So That's right. talking about relevance, you know. Uh, yeah. Don't you think service design is increasingly relevant nowadays, you know, for brands if they want to really stand out? Absolutely. Um, and, you know, the I'd, I was kind of a little bit tongue-in-cheek, a little bit of humor when I said diamond in the rough. But when you look at the impact that service design could have, it is vast. Um, how is it going to grow in the future? I, the... Um, First of all, I think service design needs to do a better job of how it communicates the value of what it can bring. And that's step one. And that's that's going to be an ongoing conversation. The other part of it is how do you start, as, as we sort of mentioned a little earlier, a fairly sizable proportion of brands these days are 
um, getting into the service space in one way, shape or form. So that represents an opportunity for a service designer to make an impact, make a difference and start to um, steer the course of a brand into a, a more productive, more efficient and arguably more effective space. So if I think, you know, a lot of people will say to me, they'll go back to that question, what really is service design? I, um, let me let me give you a perhaps easier example to get to sort of bend your sure. mind around. Sure. Um, let's take that uh, well-known um, coffee brand called Starbucks. Love it. And you think of an end-to-end -end experience there. So at a certain point in the day, you may be in the office, you could be out and about, whatever it is. And you decide you want to have, it could be a hot or a cold beverage, doesn't really matter. Um, and you decide you want it to be Starbucks. So you can go to your iPhone, or um, your Android device, you can go to an app or you can find the app. And that's really the start uh, of a process, the start of an experience. So where's, where's the nearest Starbucks? So it'll tell you where it is and whether it's walking distance, driving distance, whatever your form of transport is, you're starting to have an experience with a brand and somebody needs to provide that. So as a, as a consumer, you're engaging and somebody is providing you that service. When you walk towards or when you arrive at the, at the store, you start to look at it and the, either the architecture, the signage or combination of both has an emotional impact that I found it. That's a place that I know that's the brand that I love or words to that effect. As you walk into the store at each, each part of the process is having a, a functional and more importantly, emotional effect on you. So when you get in, you start to look around the store, you see where the signage is, you go to the counter, you see, um, you know, hopefully, a a case full of pastries and sandwiches and so on and so forth. But you also see a menu board behind and you're greeted by a server and you're making a choice. So you have to see what's up there. If you haven't already ordered it, you make a choice of maybe some food, then it gets produced for you and given to you in a cup or on a plate or both. And, uh, then you go and you're going to stay in the store for a while. Maybe you're going to do some work in there. So you go and sit down. And you start to engage either on your iPhone or with your laptop. So all along the way, these are steps in the process where a, a consumer is making a decision about what uh, he or she wants to do. And each one of those is uh, has an impact on the service that's provided. So when you walk in, you know, how do you interface with the iPhone to find the store? When you walk in or walking up to the store, you see the either the architectural impact of that. When you walk in, you have an interior design impact on that. When you're ordering from uh, the display board, there's a graphic design piece of it. When somebody hands you the cup or the mug, there's an industrial design piece of that. And when you go and sit in the store, there are thing there are services within that, whether they're interior design, whether it's digital design, those are all impacting so as you look at that you can start to evaluate what's working well and i always think what what's more important is what's not working well and then you can start to make choices do you want to invest either time resources or money against fixing that and let's just let's just say for a second the graphic design on the 
menu board isn't isn't very clear or not very legible, then you can start to say, okay, I need a graphic designer to come in and do that. The service designer is not going to do that, but he or she has identified that as an opportunity uh, qualitatively or quantitatively that then the brand owner can invest in. If the uh, consumer is sitting down at the table and maybe the temperature is a little hot or a little cold, that's an environmental thing. So that to me is about interior design and how do you make that better? If you can't get to um, if you can't get to Wi-Fi, you can't plug in. Again, that's a little bit digital, a little bit uh, interior design. But then you can start to make those changes that improve the consumer's experience. And each time you make an improvement for the consumer, there's somebody backstage, whether it be an interior designer, somebody in the store that's there to help provide a service and they have things to do so in both in in this kind of easy example of buying or apparently easy example of buying a coffee there are so many opportunities for a service designer to influence the pathway of creativity um that you know that's again i keep going back to this idea of diamond in the rough it's really about bringing that out and then influencing how you can make it better. It's partly a business discussion. It's partly a consumer con, uh, discussion as well. It's also a creative discussion. And it goes beyond the in-store piece. It goes to when you walk away, what's the lasting memory? Maybe you forgot something. Maybe you're in another part of the city or in a completely different town or country and you want to get another Starbucks experience. So how do I find that? And then you start the whole process all over again. So I think service design, when you look at that end-to-end -end journey and you see what's working well, what's not working well, then you can start to influence a decision maker, um, whether it be the store owner, whether it be the franchise owner or the brand owner, to then invest resources in changing that experience for the better and then you know i talked about coffee but it could be a lot of other services as well i i like the you know description you used uh, the case study you used in this context because essentially you're talking about a physical product right coffee but you you in starbucks is really often cited as a fantastic example of a chain that has elevated that coffee drinking experience uh that coffee drinking uh you know just drinking coffee to an experience, right? The, the way they've created yeah. this magical service around it, you know, which attracts customers to come back. And another thing that I learned uh, is that, you know, service design is an all-encompassing field. You know, so we keep talking about putting the customer at the center, the consumer at the center of everything we do. And if you're a service designer, you're very squarely doing that. You're putting that consumer at the center of your thinking process, your design process. And there are so many different elements, you know, I like the way that in that example, you brought out so many different elements, whether it's how the furniture is. So it's furniture design, interior design, graphic design, uh, all of those yeah. elements coming together seamlessly for the delivery of that service. And in that context, a service designer is playing a critically important role. So it's an it's a more of an encompassing field. And I think, you know, need to know a little bit of different uh, aspects of design, I would imagine. Yes. Yeah, I think it's... Um... 
when I look at some of the um, work our students do, and let's keep it at a parochial level for a second, um, that some of the examples they're looking at could be um, a store interior. <clears throat> it could be a hospital. It could be an airport. It could be another transportation area. So when you're, when you're starting to look at all of the experiences, not only the consumer, but the provider has to go through, then I think you start to then get to um, work with a lot of, or potentially work with, or at least influence a lot of creativity. And so, you know, um, in another episode, we talked about design management. Right. There's a, there's a, the, there's a good synergy between service design and design management, because in service design, you're really analyzing the end to end experience what it takes to provide it, what the recipient of that gets. The design manager then, if they're you know, in, the, in the right space, then they can start to use the resources to deliver against that. But the service designer's partnership there and the process they go through is really critical in terms of giving that right direction. Awesome. I like what I heard. And, you know, uh, it's it's so true that different fields of design are so interlinked in in a way, you know, and uh, there are different elements working together for something totally unique and magical to come through. So that's really interesting to hear. I yep. wanted to ask you, John, you know, about you know digital transformation in AI. How how do you see that impacting uh, service design? Uh, that's a great question. There's a couple of things um, at a at a macro level. Um, AI digital transformation having will have or is having and will continue to have a significant effect. And the um, I was re recently talking to a couple of peers, and part of the conclusion of that conversation was around the designers that are going to make a difference, or the ones that are going to going to be agile enough and flexible enough to start to use these tools and capabilities in a, in a, you know, in a really compelling way. And so part of what I would encourage you to think about there is whether we like it or not, it's going to affect us, how we uh, flex to embrace it and then get, uh, bring our own inherent creativity into that to change and evolve our roles is going to be really critical. The potential impact uh, of some of what this brings is absolutely massive. Um, I was recently working with uh, one of uh, one of the companies we work with in our industry, Connect, and we were having a conversation about the integration of geospatial technology, which mm -hmm. you know it's not that's not an everyday term in in uh, in design world. 5G and AI. And when it first sort of landed on my table, I was sort of like, not quite sure what to make of this. But after a little bit of research, you start to see how it can come to life. And so um, as, I, as I thought about this, and as I did my sort of uh, desktop research, so to speak, um, I was looking at how uh, these capabilities are going to be used on something like sustainability. 
which is, you know, as in recent times, as we've, as we've all experienced, the elevation of that is absolutely critical. So uh, as I thought about that, you, you have geospatial technology, which is all about figuring out where, measuring where things are. Right. Um, whether it's resources or whether it's uh, agricultural, whether it's forest, whether it's uh, marine life, all of those things are measurable. If you can bring that together with 5G, which is essentially going to be an accelerated networking system Absolutely. for us, and AI, then you can start to not only predict where things are going to be, um, but also then start to manage that much more effectively. So if you think about it, you know, I've talked about a whole variety of different things. Let's come back to something that's a bit more day to day. If I'm a brand owner or a retail owner, understanding where my products are, whether they're in manufacture, whether they're in distribution, whether they're in the store is critically important to how I run my business. And a service designer can not only use the technology, but then start to provide uh, you know, very valuable data in terms of here are areas for you to improve as on the manufacturing side. So if you think about service designers, front stage, you have uh, the consumers. Backstage, you have the manufacturing organization, let's broadly call it. And they're pulling together what is essentially center stage. One's the recipient, one's the provider. Right. So if you start to bring together these technologies, then you can have a much more um, in the moment understanding of where your brand is, what are the behaviors that are um, appearing on the brand, whether it's in the distribution, manufacturing, or the consumption part of the process then you can start to influence what are the right uh, uses of creativity moving forward. So there's a rather long-winded way of saying, um, you know, you've got all the sort of uh, creative capability you need to be aware of, but you also need to be aware of the analytical capability and how those two things come together to bring that service to life um, and do it in a human-centered way. Um, quite often there are a lot of technologies that come along and they're like, what's really the problem they're trying to solve? So with service design, you can start to bring those two things together. Right. In a connected world, in connected experiences, I think what you're saying, the human-centered approach is going to be really important. And I think uh, service design is going to increase, uh, at least the way you've explained it uh, and you've done a fantastic job doing that. I think it's going to play a really important role and an even more important role as we move forward, uh, you know. So that, thank you so much for you know explaining that. Um, so I wanted to ask you, uh, you know, a few more questions if you don't mind, John. Uh, when it comes to service design, uh, what does it mean for service designers to co-create value? Well, I think of um, the creation of value uh, stems from the front end of innovation all the way through to execution. So, uh, again, this is an area where today service design is starting to have a much stronger foothold in, I would call it innovation, broadly speaking. Um, how do you innovate a service? How do you do it at a, a micro and a macro level? And it can play in both those spaces. So, um, there are, it's, 
it's really become becoming perhaps one of the most important innovation models, um, especially for brands that are um, getting into the service space or brands that are, you know, as much as you're getting into it, it's, it's about learning. Um, it's about how do you adopt the capability and make use of it? If you have a brand that's mature, it's how do you take it to the next level and get the next level of value out of it? So when you think about creating value, uh, part of your original question, you can certainly start to do that from an innovation point of view because that's where the future of a brand, the future of a company is going to lie. But you can start to play that out across an entire experience, not only in the short term, which may be a, a lighter touch of innovation because it has to be quick or it doesn't have a long period of time, but it also can be the long term as well. doesn't mean that other things are relevant. It actually makes them more relevant and more targeted. So I think it creates value there in terms of making good choices um, for whether it's technology or other aspects of service uh, to make a difference. And one of the the key value that I always think of um, for any designer, um, service designer notwithstanding, is um, the you know make a difference with the value you bring. And if you can do that, if you can learn the process and the vernacular of that, then the impact you can have is broad. Right. All right. Um, before we wrap, I'd like to ask you one question. You know, a lot of the students in the audience uh, are people who are interested in design and they're basically wondering what makes service design unique and what are some of the challenges that, you know, you could see uh, for service design in the future? I think what um, makes it unique is the service designer's output is a systemic thing or a systemic output that is said um but it doesn't necessarily rely rely on a creative artifact so really what you're doing with the service design is understanding a journey and figuring out from backstage center stage uh front stage what are the things that are going to be the most efficient effective and bring the most delight and so there's a, there's a nice holistic feel that um, should uh, pay off for future potential employers because you're not only helping them with how they operate, you're helping them with how they sell their experience or products. You're not delivering a thing. And I think that's a critical understanding. You deliver where you need to make a difference and then the other design silos or creative silos and i hate to use that word but i think it it sort of bears out the message can then bring their expertise and skills to take that piece of understanding and elevate it to a level that's going to be effective whether that's as we talked in the coffee example it could be digital design, it could be graphic design, it could be interior design, it could be industrial design, it could be all of those. But you're providing the, you know, um, a pathway to what needs to be done. You're not doing the thing. If you want to do the thing, then go do interior design or graphic design 
Um, if you want to understand the pathway, then do service design. The second part of the uh, challenge, or second part of the question is about the challenge. <clears throat> I think, um, I said earlier on, and I've said it a couple of times in the, uh, in the discussion, diamond in the rough. Service design is um, not an easy concept for designers or partners of designers to get their head around. Um, and for a couple of different reasons. It's a relatively new discipline. It's, uh, you know, really born and born out or became more present in the 1980s. So it hasn't been around that long. Doesn't have the uh, tradition or history of graphic or industrial design. Um, so, you know, it's like a new brand comparatively speaking. So how do you bring that to life so people understand it? And once people understand it and um, you get people who are willing to, they will think of taking a risk to the service designer. They'll think, this is a logical next step. Why aren't you getting on with it? But it's, it's a risk for somebody. Then how do they see the value of that come to life? So once you get the opportunity to make a difference, then you execute, you focus on executing and bring that difference to life. And that's, you know, that's about delivering credibility. Once people understand it, deliver the credibility, and then that helps you build into where do you go in the future? The future piece is the, we talked a little bit about it. How do you start to integrate with different kinds of technologies and what are the opportunities that opens up that you don't know about today? Um, and that's going to be an ongoing creative pathway. Um, in fact, actually at a very accelerated rate, uh, much more so than we think. Um, and how do you start to evolve your skills to fit within that? Or um, if you want to take a more positive and proactive, start to use your skills to shape how those technologies are integrated into your brand or service. And that's going to push you to be extremely imaginative, extremely aware of what's going on, um, not only from a, a social point of view, but also from a technology point of view and an economical point of view. Um, so you, you're starting to develop different skills, different antennae, to keep aware of uh, things that are changing and what are the opportunities they open up and also what are some of the opportunities they close down. So again, there's um, a little bit of a sense so you've got to be incredibly aware, you've got to think two steps ahead and be agile in your approach. Not agile the process, just agile in the true sense of the word. Thank you, John. I've, I've you know really enjoyed this discussion and interaction I've learned so much about service design. I think I'm, you know, walking away from this session a lot richer in terms of how I view service design, what are the different aspects of it, uh, and the fact that it's so multidisciplinary, so encompassing, and I think um, it's it's a, it's an area which is going to attract more and more students. And I think the way you laid it out will make it really easy for a student to decide whether they should opt for service design or whether they should opt for a more granular field like graphic design or industrial design, if that could be their interest area. So thank you once again for, uh, you know, making time for this session. Really enjoyed uh, chatting with me, John. 
me let me just build on something you said there. Sure. Uh, sure. Part of the opportunity, whether you do this as an undergrad or a graduate course, is in the context of the SCAD, one of the things you can start to do there is if you focus on service design, um, then you can you can sort of pair that up with some other majors as well. Um, okay. So I've had a, um, two or three grads that have just uh, gone through the process and they've double majored. It's a lot of work and you have to think through it fairly carefully, but they've double majored with things that are complementary with service. So there is the opportunity there to think about if I if I put the majority of my eggs in the service design basket, whether it's through uh, double majoring or whether it's through doing a minor uh, or some variation thereof, you can start to pair that up with other disciplines that um, allow you to perhaps bring things to life in a more dramatic way. So let's just... You teed me up nicely there, so I just took the opportunity to put that... By all there. means. By all means. Is, uh, is what the capability is. Fantastic. I think it makes it so simple, you know, and this is one thing I really appreciate about uh, the education system in the U.S., the fact that it's a modular approach. So, you know, you could uh, choose a major and select certain minors to kind of complement that uh, so that when you emerge as a professional, you know, you have different uh, options that you can pursue from a career point of view or even just from, you know, in terms of following your interest, right? So yeah. th thanks once again, John. Really enjoyed interacting with you. Uh, as for all the students who've been watching, uh, thank you so much uh, for staying tuned in. It's been a really interesting episode, a lot to digest, I can understand. Um, but if you like what you're seeing, we do subscribe to us on YouTube. And you can catch the audio version of this podcast on Google, Spot Spotify, and Apple. Our handle is the Zista Podcast. Till we meet again, we'd say, stay curious.